Welcome to What's on Your Souls, a relational podcast where you can relax and enjoy conversation, inspiration, encouragement, and motivation in a judgment-free space. Don't continue to drag around that emotional debris. Here's what's next on this episode. There are some of us that have been loved well and supported our whole life. So I constantly had people saying, of course you can do it. If you say you can do it, you can do it. But what about those people in the world who don't have those cheerleaders? And sometimes those are the very people who need what you have the most, but they don't know what it feels like to be loved like that or encouraged in that way or celebrated in that way. What then do you say to those people? Have a seat on the porch. And let's examine what's on your soul's soul. Well, hello, everyone. This is Mia. I am so glad to be sitting behind the microphone once again uh, on the What's on Your Soul podcast, a figurative front porch where we sit and dialogue about things that we hope matter and that are life-giving and life-changing to you in your life, things we've learned from hurts and habits and missteps um, that we hope we have evolved and grown in and now are giving back in a way that edifies your life uh, and ups the quality of your living. Today, I have a special guest with me. I have Jessica. Hey, Jess. Hey. How are you? Awesome. So Jessica and I were supposed to sit down on the front porch probably two months ago. Is that correct? At least, yeah. And then a little something popped off in our world. <laughs> Uh, and we've tried we've tried to be obedient to that and to be moving ways that are respectful to everyone um, that is going through that. And so this day is the day that seems to be the appointed time that we sit together. And so I'm so glad to have you. Jess, if you'll talk a little bit just about why you're here. Why do we even know each other? Well, um, I'm a group fitness instructor and have been for a little over 11 years. And actually started at LA Fitness where we met and um, I have a passion for healthy living and that does not just encompass the way that we move our bodies. In the more recent years, it has I've really become passionate about mental health and I think um, society as a whole has really pushed us in that direction and I jumped on board and I am swimming in it and I love it and it's brought me a lot of joy along with teaching group fitness and being a personal trainer and I just keep adding modalities and and things that heal people in so many ways and um, so yeah. That's great. So I love the word healing because it's a process, right? right? Just like, and you know this because you deal with the physical body so much as well is it takes time. And I can remember many of class with you where you would encourage people to listen to your body, move it in the way, like if something tells you, I don't like this, even if you're telling us to do it, like you would say, listen to your body. Your body is saying not today, not, not right in this moment. And you would say, so then here is an alternate way that you can move. And that's what I love about um, the individuality of how we are created is we don't always move all in the same way at the same time because we have to be cognizant of what is happening with us. And so that's why I appreciate that. Now, I do want the listeners, so I didn't just snag you out of a <laughs> class and say, come do this, right, Jess? No. So how did you come to my porch to talk with me? I don't know. I think people are drawn to each other through good energy and through conversations and I think that when you talk with people enough and you know them 
over the course of enough years, you get to know things that they're passionate about and you realize ways that you can collaborate and you, you say, wow, you're passionate about this. I'm passionate about this. Let's put this together. And so I think we just developed this friendship over time through um, not just, hey, how are you doing? But talking about things that really matter to us. And that um, is a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. And I think many of us have heard that lesson over and over in our life, but it's so much harder to apply and believe uh, than it is just to say it. Because what I hear you saying is then that meant intentionality and time and listening. And we had to get through, maybe you and I didn't, but some people struggle getting through the, I call it the outer space suit of what Mm -hmm. someone looks like if they're different. So you're listening to us. You cannot see us, but I am African-American and Jessica is white. And so we, um, yeah, sometimes I just say that in this case, because in the last uh, couple of months and weeks, we've really struggled with that as a world. And I think there's this assumption and fear when something is different that we kind of attach a story to it without first taking the time to intimately know it. So that's part of our conversation. We'll integrate that as we go too. Yeah. All right. We're going to be right back. We're going to take a break. And then Jessica and I will jump right into it. We'll see you in just a moment. More conversation on the way from What's On Your Souls with Mia. In the meantime, if you have a comment, log on with your laptop or smartphone to miaembro.com. That's M-I-A-M-B-R-O-H.com. From the audio player, click the leave a comment link. Let your voice be heard. Now, back to more of what's on your souls. We're back. You're on the porch. You got your shoes off? Mm-hmm. Do you have them upturned so you can look and see what's on the soul and where you've been and what areas you visited and what you've learned from those? Sure. Okay, so I'm going to let you just go. Obviously, today, we talked about your being a fitness instructor, but also having a passion for emotional wellness and health. And so tell me what you know for sure now about those connections of mind, body, spirit, emotional wellness, what you've learned and where you see people kind of get caught up in the weeds and how you see yourself being able to assist or um, walk with them as they navigate that. Sure. So um, it's definitely really important to see health as a multifaceted thing. It's, it's very dynamic. And a lot of people that come to me want to, for example, they want to get fit, right? And I'll say immediately. Yeah. Because here, you know, in America, we want to take a pill. We want to put a bandaid. We want, we want it and we want it now. And I tell them right up front, if you want a quick fix, I'm not your girl. That's what I tell people too. (laughs) Because I don't believe in quick fixes. Even if you try a quick fix, how long is that going to last? Now, why do you say how long is that going to last? Because you might find a quick fix, Mm -hmm. but quick fixes are quick. They're quick fixes and they are quick to unfix, if you will. Snap, snap, snap on that one. That was good, Jess. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't even know if that's a word, but we're going to go with it. We do what we want. We're on the porch. (laughs) Um, and so I tell people, you know, if you want to make change, you have to do something that you're willing to do forever. And I think that freaks people out. But here's the the thing. 
if you're not willing to do it forever, you can't maintain. Let's say in my group fitness world or in my personal training world, if I have a client that comes in and they want to say, lose 50 pounds, that's great. You do the quick fix, you lose 50 pounds, but then how can you maintain that? If you're not willing to put in the time that it took you, what were you doing to lose that 50 pounds? Now you got to maintain. You have to develop, it sounds like you're saying you have to develop a supporting skill set that allows you to do that. So what I would say about that is, so for people who hear that and say, Jess, that sounds overwhelming. Like, you're, uh, does it have to be a lifetime? What are you, can we not just have some microwave drive-through results <laughs> here? Um, what do you say to them? Like, that's like eating an elephant. I remember sure. when my kids were in fourth grade, the fourth grade team of teachers used to say, it's like eating an elephant, but you, you need to do it bit by bit. Like, don't look at the whole elephant. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm just eating the ear today. Yeah. Right? And, yeah, yeah. That is a perfect question to ask. And that's where kind of, I think, the emotional aspect comes in. So that another aspect to, I'm kind of more like a life coach, even though I don't have life coach training. But when I'm working with people in personal training, I tell them, before we get to your physical goals, we, we create them. I'll do an assessment. I look at how your body moves. And then we say, okay, these muscles are tight. These need to be stretched. These muscles are weak. They need to be worked. And so we look at the imbalances and we try to create balance. And we, we do start there. But I tell them, ultimately, if you are of the mindset that you cannot create change in your body, it's not going to happen. If you don't think you can do it, you won't be able to. So how do you think you can do it, Jess? Because some of us, so there are some of us that have been loved well and supported our whole life. And whatever we said we were going to do, I remember you even talking about mm-hmm. the podcast before this started. Like, how did you even get this? And I just said, well, I spoke it and then somebody supported it. And I can remember I was telling my kids when I was little, I was that kid that was always trying to start something. Like, I was like, today, mom, I'm going to sell newspapers. Tomorrow, I'm going to do flower seeds. But we have to order 5,000 in order for me to get started. <laughs> and she'd be like, okay. That's my daughter. And she would order them for me. Or I'd be like, I'm going to run this. She'd be like, okay. But if not, so I constantly had people saying, of course you can do it. If you say you can do it, you can do it. But what about those people in the world who don't have those cheerleaders and those, um, and sometimes those are the very people who need what you have the most, but they don't know what it feels like to be loved like that or encouraged in that way or celebrated in that way. What then do you say to those people? So, um, and I don't know if we'll talk about it right now, but that's where um, stillness comes into play. So emotional health um, involves a lot of different things. And one of those is meditation, right? And if you're a Christian, you find um, not the word meditation, but stillness. And it's all over. Ponder. Think. Think on these things. That means to meditate, which means to be still. And in our society, that is almost impossible because, and I am self-diagnosed ADD. I'm not super proud of it. I am, I have come a long way just in the past year since learning um, how to meditate because I thought that I had to constantly be doing something or I actually felt guilty. Well, you know, there's all kind of quotes like, um, you know, I'll sleep. When I'm dead. When I'm dead. Oh, I'll, I've used that one. Yeah, be about something. My <laughs> husband used to say, like, everybody in this house needs to be about something. Like, there's kind of this whole sense of you do and when you don't. And even in this 
period that we're in with this virus. You hear people talking about yes. a lot on social media, like, yes. what are you going to accomplish? What are you doing with this What time? hobbies are you taking yes. up? What, <laughs> have you, what projects? So stillness sounds almost... It sounds counterintuitive. It does. It sounds like laziness, right? Yes, because we don't define the two separately, correct. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the most important things is learning to be still because when we're still, we find answers. And And I always teach when I'm teaching meditation I teach people you don't just sit still like that is good for you but it's really important to ask questions so for example if you have a negative thought such as I want to lose 50 pounds and then you have the thought I cannot lose 50 pounds well challenge your question challenge yourself ask yourself I don't know can I lose 50 pounds have I ever lost 50 pounds Who could help me lose 50 pounds? When you start to ask questions and you dig into um, those, you dig into that realm of uncomfortableness. Again, I don't know if that's a word, but we're going to pretend it is. We're making our words. (laughs) It's good. Yes. Um, Then you can find answers. You can find resources that you didn't know were there, but that requires that stillness. Because if you are busy, 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 you may not realize in stillness, oh, you know, I said for you, I wanted to do a podcast, but no one knew to help you with that podcast until you manifested it. You had to out loud say something you wanted and then your husband heard it and then he found other resources and made it happen. Mm -hmm. And so it starts with a manifestation. This is something I want and then we write it down, we say it out loud, we tell people, and then those resources kind of come to us. And again, that doesn't mean I'm going to say, I want a million dollars. Right. And I'm going right. to, people are going to give me a million dollars. Correct. It doesn't work like that. But we do have to start somewhere. And stillness is where we find, um, it's where we find ourselves. It's where we find God. It's where we find connection. And it's where we find peace. What is still, tell, okay, so I know that we, we're we going to have to wrap this uh, particular segment in a minute, but I do want to know, what. so what is stillness? When you say stillness, what does that look like, Jess? That's an awesome question. Um, there are many ways to be still, and a lot of people would use the word mindfulness. You can be mindful when you eat. You can be mindful or still when you're driving in your car. You can be still when you are on a walk. You can be still in your backyard. You can be still while you're cleaning or like sweeping your floor. And um, so it's not a one size fits all. And I think people are really afraid of meditation. They think they have to sit cross-legged, put their finger to their thumb and um, and do something that they don't think they agree with. They don't. Right. They, or they're like, well, that's not Christian. And I've heard all kinds of things, but Really, mindfulness or meditation is very fluid and you have to find what works for you. And that, um, there's a variety of poses um, that you can sit in. For me, I recommend sitting in a way that you aren't distracted by the way you're sitting. So I usually meditate um, on my bed. I put my back up against my bedstand and I put my legs straight out in front of me. Because if I cross my legs, they're going to fall asleep. And then I'm thinking my legs hurt. (laughs) I'm tired. 
or if my back isn't on the wall, then right. my butt hurts. Like, and then my mind is thinking of everything else. Then you go down to Wizard of Oz yeah. Trail, the yeah. yellow brick road. I'm gonna road. go down that rabbit hole. I don't need to go there. So you have to be comfortable yes. if you are in an actual meditation. But stillness doesn't have to be that. Okay, we're gonna stop right there and take a little break. And then when we come back, I want you to jump a little bit more into it because I would think that people are intrigued already and want to understand learning and growing, which is always the um, plan and purpose of this podcast. So we'll take a quick break. If you have heard something that Jessica has already said that has spoken to you in a way that means something beneficial and impactful to you, please go to miaembro.com, hit that leave a comment button and let us hear your voice so that we'll know how to speak further in this vein. We'll be right back. While we're having great conversation with What's On Your Souls with Mia Imbro, we wanted to thank you for listening. And we look forward to hearing from you at miaimbro.com. There you can get caught up on previous shows, comment, or even give us feedback. All right, let's get back to our final segment as we wrap up What's On Your Souls. Okay, Jessica, we're back and we're going to jump right in. I want you to talk a little bit more about stillness. What else are you thinking in that regard? Okay. Um, so there are, oh, there's so many wonderful things to say. Um, one thing I want to say right now, um, cause we were talking about this is, um, going back to a, a fitness model, right? Love a lot of, model. a yes. lot of people understand physical fitness cause we've experienced it, whether we've had success in it or we've had failure. And I mean, let's be honest, we've all had some of both, Right. Um, I was telling you, you know, if I have people that come into my class as a group fitness instructor and I miss it so much, I wish I could keep doing that. But, um, anyway, so when people come into my, into my class, I know there are a lot of instructors who want you to do it like they're doing. And that is a disservice to the group fitness community because there are people coming in from all walks of life, from all abilities, from all ages. And, um, you know, some of them have arthritis, some of them have injuries. And then an instructor says, you need to do it this way. And you can't always see those things with the naked eye. Can no, you? I can't tell if you lost a, a person you love this week and you're coming into my space and you're giving me all you have, but mentally you're just not there. So for me to say, you need to do 50 burpees, you might be able to do 15 and then you need to just kind of find a modification after that. And I know this all sounds like physical stuff, but I'm, I'm going to get into the emotional aspect in a second. But when somebody comes into my class, I say, listen, if you're new and I always find my new people and I know you're new because not the way you look, but I, I know my faces. And so I say, you know, I see that you're new. Um, have you done this before? And they'll say, yeah, I've lifted weights. And I'll say, okay, well, you, you probably know what you're capable of. But if not, this is what I recommend. But listen, like you said, listen to your body. You don't come into a group fitness class. If you've never done group fitness for an hour, I would not recommend doing group fitness for an hour. If somebody's body is saying to them halfway through, I am done, I am not offended if that person walks out my door. In fact, I would pat them on the back and say, good for you for listening to your body. And I think too much in life, we force ourselves to perform. We say yes to things that we feel like we have to say yes to. We um, push ourselves to this point of exhaustion 
and we become not only unhappy with ourselves, but we're just unhappy with others in general because we feel like we have failed ourselves. We feel like we have failed them because you cannot do and be everything. If someone tells you they, you can, they lied. It's a lie. It's good, Jess. Yeah, and, and then you're exhausted too because you're so frustrated with yourself. Then you sometimes stop doing what you need to do to even get where you're going because it doesn't feel attainable at that point. Because and then people just give up. Yeah, and you lack any joy with it, right, or any peace about it. It feels just insane to you, and that happens all the time because right. we're trying to fix something by erroneous means, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, and so when and going back to that elephant statement that you made, I love the elephant. How yeah. you know? How does someone attack any goal when it feels so unattainable? Well, you start again. Like I said, you write it down, you say it out loud, you manifest it, you talk to people, and then you work at it a little bit at a time. You come into a group fitness class. The first class, if you've never taken it, you try fifteen minutes. And then after, you know, a week or, or a month or however long it takes you, depending on your ability, you add time. And then you're like, great, I can do an hour. And then you add weight. And then you add reps. And then you add balance components. Uh-oh, I hear an emotional sermon coming from yeah. this, I believe. I think it's the big, we call it the big buildup in the black church. You're about to bring it on <laughs> home. Let's go, Jess. So what's that connection to the emotional? How do you see that as an analogy for... Our emotional wellness so we have to take little bites at a time if you're dealing with a trauma let's say that you had a, a betrayal or you lost a family member how do you then face or okay I will hit it real close to home look at the pandemic people are asking when is this going to end the answer is never we will live with this for the rest of our lives and I don't want to make you go crawl in a hole and hide but that is a reality. And this series that I've been doing on my Facebook page with Serenity now, talking about the Serenity Prayer, teaches us what, what can I change? What do I need to accept? And help me, God, to have the wisdom to know the difference between what I can change, what, how can I act, and then what things do I need to let go of? And so we cannot look at our lives in anything and say, oh my goodness, I cannot do this for another month because we don't know when A, B, C, fill in the blank is going to end. We never know if we're going to lose someone at any point. And I think if anything, that's what we've learned is life is fragile, but it always has been It always has been in every minute and every second of every day. Someone is experiencing the same gravity that we are all feeling right now. That happens. I can remember when uh, my husband, when his mom died, and he was a young guy, he was in college, and he said he remembered thinking, why isn't the world stopping? Like, when he would walk out, he was like, how are people still laughing and doing that? And that's the strange thing about life is it doesn't all happen at the same time for everyone, right? So some people have felt this pandemic has brought them solitude and reflective mode and growth, and they're gonna come out being better than what they were before. And for other people, this has been a living hell. And so to, uh, like you said, to negate one and say, this is who you should be during this time is disrespectful of the individuality of who we are, and you don't have the complete story of that person. And it changes day to day. Like I going back to the group fitness model, 
I can have for or for myself. If I have an injury and I come in to teach a class, I'm going to teach that class differently. I will coach it to people who can do more than I can that day. And I'll say, listen, I cannot do a full push-up today because I just hurt my shoulder. I'll coach you through it. But if you, and you have all of these options. And I think, again, we, we have to stop forcing ourselves to be this mold with meditation, with group fitness. In life, we have to show up for ourselves and, and show grace for ourselves. At the end of the day, I wake up and I, you know, we can use mantras and, and, but we're human. And at the end of the day, when I, you know, speak to my heavenly father and I say, you know, this is how I showed up for you today. And this is how I failed. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to show myself grace and compassion because I know he will. And I know I've got to get up and do this again tomorrow. Yes. You got to get up, right? Mm -hmm. So, okay. We're going to have to wrap up soon, but I want to know. So what else do you want to say? Like as a nugget, like Mia, I want to make sure that people hear me when I say this. You don't have to be perfect at anything right now. I think the most important thing is um, just showing yourself compassion and just try and try and try and know that it's a journey. It's a process. And just like in a group fitness journey, if, if you want to get fit, you reach that goal, but then you have to maintain. Emotional, spiritual health are the same. You can get to a point, but then you have to maintain and then you can get pushed once you reach and then you keep climbing and you may have some dips, but it's a journey and you just, you put one foot in front of the other and um, there's a whole lot of other tools and techniques that you can use, but that's just Well, the we'll basic. do a part two. You'll come back. And to be <laughs> patient with one another. Yeah. I thought of something. One of the things that Jess, and Jess has been my fitness instructor for a very long time now, but one of the things that I think um, that I appreciate about you most that you're consistent with is when you walk into one of Jess's classrooms, and there have been some of, some of us that have been working out together for years and years, she still says before every class, and then and she models this herself, which she's already said, look around this room, and if there's someone that you haven't seen here before or that you don't know, go say hi to them. And she provides like a little time to do that. And how I think about that all the time is we are so inclined to just look out for ourselves all the time. Or people that we already know. Or people that we, so that we walk in, with. we find our space. Some mm-hmm. people even come to class early and throw their mat down. The same place for years. This is my <laughs> thing, right? And we never think about, just, we never think about, would it be easier for someone else to be at the front of the room? Because maybe they don't hear or see as well. Or maybe, we're just always looking out for what is most comfortable for ourselves. But what I've watched over the years is when we engage in that directive to touch base with someone else, then that person, if they are new, is when it's most profound to me, is they then become more comfortable immediately. Because when I say, I've been in this class for 11 years, and I got you. So even if Jess is teaching and she's Zooming with the big dogs, I, I'll circle, I got you. I'll stand right here by you, and I'll walk you through. And try. And that is, I've just seen how for people to walk in a room and say, oh, you're back and you spoke to me before, how that in itself is an encouragement. And I think even emotionally, like you said, when we're doing baby steps, for someone to say, I see you, I know this is hard for you. It looks like I'm doing this easily, but I understand the circumstances for you are different. 
and I will do my best to walk with you and support you because it's nice to have a plan and to eat the elephant, but it sure is nice to have someone standing right there with you saying, I see you girl, eat that elephant. Like I got you and let me help you with this. I'll cut this into a smaller piece for you and I can even help you with this. There's nothing like that. And that's that connection, right? And that community, and that's the whole mind, body, and spirit because people walk into your life for different lessons. And most of those lessons have to do with those three areas. Yeah. You just they have, all do. Yeah. You just have to pay attention to them. Yeah. And one, one last little nugget. Um, I think it's really important for us to find ways to be emotionally connected with people, especially right now. And a lot of times that feels overwhelming, especially if you're far away from someone. But prayer and meditation allows you to do that. You can sit and be in a place with someone without being with them. You can send a text to someone and you can say, you know, I had a, a, a friend recently that had to go to court. And I said, what time are you going to be in court? She's in a different state. And I said, what time? I set a timer in my phone at that time. for, So it was the same time where she was and where I was. And I texted her and I said, you know, I'm with you and I, I want you to know that, that I'm thinking about you right now where you're at in this space. And that is an easy thing for us to do, to show up for each other, no matter where we are. And, and we don't even have to say something, even if you can be with someone, um, you know, right now we're still practicing some social distancing and things. You can sit six feet away from someone and you can absolutely be with them and make them feel like they are receiving a hug. Well, I think that's what we're doing right now. Yeah. Right? I, right. Of course it is because it's the energy that around. And to know that in that practice, it is, it is risky sometimes because people will walk away from you. People will have you for that moment, but then say, you know, I'm done. And so investing in relationship and connection is always a lesson about yourself. And sometimes it's temporary. You think it might be for life and it's just for a moment uh, in that season to teach you. And so, okay, Jess, I have some questions for you. Ready? Okay. This is how we end every podcast. The, the purpose of this exercise is for listening friends to understand um, that we have some commonalities amongst us as individuals, but we also have things that are distinctly different about us that you can't even really see with the naked eye, but are part of our heartbeat and mean something to us. So I'm going to give you four prompts and then you're going to respond to them. So this is called, I am from, I am from, and I want you to list sights, sounds, and smells of your childhood. Okay, so uh, the smells that are, are most associated with my childhood. <laughs> um, my mother was very naturopathic growing up, and I have followed in her footsteps, very much so. And so I remember lots of essential oils being diffused, and I did not always love those smells. <laughs> and sometimes I was like, Mom, please stop. I do not like that smell. She loves lavender, so I will forever associate lavender with my mother. Um, and now, you know, I, and I use essential oils now myself. So that's, that's awesome. How, that's <laughs> how I feel about skin. So soft from Avon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am from, and now you're going to list your favorite foods from your childhood growing up. Okay. So my favorite foods, this is an interesting one because I am so far from this now, um, which I think is a lesson to learn, but my favorite foods growing up were all of the bad things <laughs> for you. Um, if you all remember Wonder Bread. 
with, you know, the fake sliced oh, cheese. production like that. And yeah. a bunch of butter. And I would make this nasty cheese sandwich. And to me now, I cannot imagine eating that. But I loved that. And I loved Frosted Flakes. I loved hamburger fries and Sprite. That was like my favorite go-to meal. And when I was 14, I, I finally had a wake-up call. And I was like, mm, this isn't so healthy. And I changed. But for a long time, I loved all that stuff. It's so. so funny to hear Jessica say that. Jessica's <laughs> the person, when you come into class, Jessica will be like, so this morning in the blender, I threw in some tree leaves um, and some mud and carrots and drank that. And I feel like a million bucks. What you people have? And we're like... Uh, butter and cheese sandwich <laughs> and a Sprite. <laughs> and I'm like, no wonder you're so tired. She's always so gracious. She's like, if you all want to talk to me about that or get any ideas, I can help you. We're like, no, we're good. Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the last one. Oh, no, it's two more. Uh, I am from, and then sayings that you remember or words you remember hearing repeated in your family of origin growing up. Okay, so um, my dad loves he works hard and he plays hard and so that was his phrase he said my you work hard guy. and you play harder okay. and he he does live by that um, my mother always said kill them with kindness and I say that to my kids now and they're like kill them what are you talking about it, see, it doesn't even <laughs> seem appropriate in the same it yeah, box. Yeah. so I have had to explain that but they understand that now I mean you always beat um, the adversary with kindness. Even kindness when it always wins. Even when it feels like you don't win, it will Nobody come back. Nobody can argue against kindness. So, um, and the, my, one of my most favorite is, it's okay to be mad, but it's not okay to be mean. And my mom's a therapist, so that was a common one. <laughs> Such a nice person, Jess. Okay, um, and then I am from, and you will list um, adjectives or things to describe people that you call your friends or that you admire. Um, so people that I admire are people who are not afraid to be themselves. Um, I married a person like that and, um, he is an inspiration to me. He is crazy in every aspect, but he's so much fun. And I think the thing that draws people to my husband is that he is alive and happy with the person that he is. And he doesn't care if he's dancing in his car and the person next to him thinks he's crazy, he's going to do it anyway. And you know what? He's probably going to bring a smile to that person because they're like, that's funny or that's cool. And I really admire people like that. I haven't always been that way. I'm, I'm getting better. I'm in my 30s now, um, more closer to my 40s. And um, it's taken me a long time, but that brings me a lot of joy. And I also love people who are positive and who see positive anywhere in them and just people who are affectionate I've always been affectionate I love giving hugs so people especially my Hispanic friends they're really good at that I have they're like my sisters they're just good at hugging and I think um I have a, a Polish friend she's the same so I think in America we can learn a lot from other countries in, in affection and it's okay to touch people of course in appropriate ways like hugging is is very intimate and um, and that brings me joy to be and very healing for some people yes, because it is. they're not we take you know some of us are saying that's enough stop touching me <laughs> and then others <laughs> are saying that that is great and there is a point for that because yes. there are times where I'm like children I don't want to be touched for the next hour because yes. you know children are very touchy but it is very healing it is good Jessica this has been wonderful thank you for your wisdom and your time and coming to sit on the porch with me in my favorite space. Um, and just kind of be in it. And I am so grateful to you. And I'm glad that we um, set the intention and it manifested. So thank you for coming.
Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. So we are so glad that everyone, again, has taken their time and invested it in listening to this podcast. We hope that you have received something that is life-giving to you and that is encouraging to you and brings an element of joy and stability to you. We look forward to our next episode with you. And until then, we hope that you find rest for yourself. As we bring another episode to a close, we want to thank you. And check out our website at miaembro.com. That's M-I-A-M-B-R-O-H dot com. Leave us a message or feedback. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast to receive the latest episodes. And join us next time as we discuss what's on your soul's.